With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the two-time Stellar Award considered. Spin Award nominated. You're listening to The Voice. To The Voice. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. What's good, radio family? TPV Radio is just getting hotter, and we have an all-star lineup just for you. Mondays, conversations with Joe and Jay at 7.30 a.m. Tuesdays, victory over the waste of life with author Deanne Lebrin at 6 p.m. Wednesdays, illuminating words ministries with Dr. Apostle Forrest L. Walker Sr. at 5 p.m. Thursdays, real talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30 p.m. Also, Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Fridays, the exclusive interview with yours truly, the Simon's voice, by appointment only. Saturdays, is Saturdays for Fed with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones at 11 a.m., followed by the locker room with Coach D at 4 p.m. Sundays, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. And with the familiar, catch all of TPV Radio programming on Facebook Live at TPV Radio. Also, Live 365, tune in and all of our podcast social media platforms. Walk with us in relationship, purpose, and promise. And let's go! You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. And the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's time for the locker room with Coach D right now on TPV Radio. Radio.
It's time for the locker room with Coach D right now on TPV Radio. Radio. What's good, everybody? This is Coach D, and you are now in the locker room. So, again, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here because there's been a shifting in the atmosphere, and, and we just really want to convey what God is doing in this season and in this time. And the things that he's bringing forth is truly, truly foundational, but they're foundational things that can lead to monumental moments. And that's where I've been most of the week. That's where I've been meditating on. And this, what we've been doing, um, making up a warrior series, I'm, you know, man, it's just really going to be instrumental for the growth and the things that you need in your life. Well, I'm excited you're here today. You're not here, as we say, in the locker room by accident or coincidence. If you are here listening with us today, God intended you to listen because he has something here for you. And I am Coach D, and I have a great coaching staff that is uh, guys, a group of men that I love <clears throat> that have really come up and we're laboring together, and I just really, really thank God for these guys. All these men are anointed and appointed and to do God's will, and they're just awesome. So without further ado, I want to introduce once again my coaching staff that's here, my assistant coach, a man of God that I've been good friends with for a few years now and is just really, really full of wisdom and knowledge and, and, and the guy walks with discipline. Coach Tuck, are you in the building? I am indeed. I am here and I'm ready to roll. Amen. Amen. The next guy I've been laboring with for quite some time, this guy is just really phenomenal. He has an energy that, I mean, you can't even put a meter on it. He's just full of the spirit, and he always brings it. He he, he perseveres and, and, and through anything. And I'm really honored not only to call him a pastor and our engineer, but I'm more honored than calling my friend and my brother. Coach Newton, are you in the building? Coach D and the staff, I'm ready to go. So let's get it. Let's go. Yes, sir. I told you folks, full of energy, and I love it. I love it. I love it. This next coach brought along, I, I just recently got to know him, but let me tell you, me and this coach has a kindred spirit. This brother is on point, and he comes with it. He hits hard. He, he's what we call out uh, uh, in our crew, the heavy hitter, and that is Coach Coleman. Are you in the oh, building? Oh, yeah. We are in the house, in the house. Just love. Let's take it to the house. All right, all right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This next guy, he, he, he's the guy behind the scenes. But, you know, sometimes the, the ones that are behind the scenes are the most instrumental. I've been knowing this guy for 20-plus years. Just really amazing. Uh, he tunes in every now and again. You know, he's part of the staff. But, you know, he, you, you don't see him, but he, his influence is all around. And, and when you hear us, you hear the influence. He, has, he is the leader, co-founder, CEO of Mighty Men's Institute. Just a phenomenal guy. Him and his wife, they're just, just awesome people. 
Coach Small, are you there on the phone today? Uh, no, he is not on today. Okay, he didn't chime in. Well, that's all right. I just still had to give him give him his props. He he's he's the one that puts everything together. He's the he's the lube to this machine. Sometimes when we get stuck, so. Well, I am excited, family. We are back. We're getting ready to kick it off again. But before we get started, I introduced the coaching staff. Now I'm going to get my shout-outs out the way. First and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for being awesome. It's so awesome. When I think I can't go on no further, when things get tough, all I got to do is look up, and he's there. He's always been there. So I got to give him a shout-out because he makes this all possible. I want to give a shout-out to my wife, and, and uh, guys, just so you know it, Sunday's Mother's Day, tomorrow's Mother's Day. So if you haven't got it, you better go get it. You better go do something to, to honor the queen of your home. Or if your mother, if you still have your mother with you, you know, to honor her and what they do. And, and you know, women, they man, they are a true blessing to every strong man. And I've always said that behind every strong man, is a strong woman, and this, tomorrow's her day to be honored. So go out there and, and, and honor your wives, mothers, uh, daughters with kids. Uh, honor them all. Women are very special and very, very anointed. I also want to give a shout-out to TPV Ministries. Man, it's just amazing what they do day in and day out, week in and week out, year after year, just following the vision that God has given them. Fulfilling the destiny for them on earth, Pastor Newton and First Lady Nisi, it's been awesome. You know, we don't we don't consider ourselves necessarily a ministry, although we minister, but we're family, and that's how they yes, make sir. you feel here at TPV Ministry. And I also want to give a shout out to my children. Uh, that's been a blessing to me. Um, just really honored to be a father. They've given me that, that, that title as father, and I'm just really honored for each and every one of them, along with the grandkids. I'm just thankful for each and every one of them. And i got to give a shout-out to you, family, for tuning in, listening, and supporting, just being hungry and ready to eat up this word of God as we sit at the table and he prepares a meal before us through these men that are with me today. So i got to give you a shout-out. And also, before I forget, Money Men's Institute. I got to give them a shout out as well for for what they do uh, in in their discipleship with men. Awesome, awesome fellowship. Well, that's that's all my shout outs, Coach Tut. You got any shout outs you'd like to get out of the way before we kick it off? Yeah, I uh, really like to kind of second the second the shout out for for Jesus. I know that this is not possible without Him, and I'm grateful every day for His wisdom, for His for His insight. And for always preparing me for the things that he's got for me. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to give a, sh- a shout out to my wife, uh, Samantha. I'm grateful for her every day. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to honor her tomorrow. Uh, but I would encourage you and honor your wife every day. You know, don't let this be the only day that you do it. Uh, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to my boys. Um, they're actually at a youth conference right now, uh, so I pray that God is just pouring into them and lighting them up for Jesus. Um, that's amen. all that I've got right now. Amen, amen, amen. 
Coach Newton, you out there. You got any shout-outs, sir, you'd like to get out? Well, I do. I got to give a shout-out to all the ladies that are a part of TPV Radio, all of the ladies that listen in, all of you that are mothers. We honor you tomorrow. And just like Coach Tut just said, it just can be one day. Just saying. So anyway, like Valentine's Day, same thing. But anyway, hint, hint, hint. Anywho, <laughs> got to give a shout-out to my first lady, Shanice Newton. God bless her for what she does. She's back at work. She's back on the grind. She's uh, graduated from uh, her correctional officer school, so she's transitioning in. So she's back. So I'm happy about that. Also, got to give a shout-out to the men of the locker room, and Coach Smalls, God bless all of you. Thank you so much for getting me hyped up because I'm already hyped up from the show this morning. So I'm going to be really amped up today. And if y'all don't have the energy, I will definitely make sure you'll have it before the end of the broadcast. Just saying. So I'm pumped up and ready to go. We're also broadcasting on Live 365 and tune in. If you can't watch us on Facebook Live at TPV Radio, or you can just click the link on the site, www.tpvradionetwork.com. You can get us all sorts of ways, iTunes, all of it. We don't have time for me to announce everywhere we, we broadcast, but I'm ready to rock and roll. I got my offensive playbook in hand. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's slay some Giants. So, Coach D, back to you. Amen, amen. Coach Coleman, I know you're out there, brother. You got any shout-outs you'd like to give out? Well, I want to give a shout-out to, obviously, um, the Most High, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to give a shout-out to him forever, making anything and everything possible, for he is the medium for which we can hear, see, and which we have our being. But I want to give a shout-out to ooh, Coach Newton being on fire today. Giving it out, giving it up. Uh, and definitely want to give a shout-out to all the mothers out there for the scripture declares that our children shall rise up and call her blessed. So we bless all of the women out there, all the women and mothers, that, those women who have been mothers, even if they did not bore uh, a bear child from their own womb, but yet still they raised the child uh, as if it were their own. So we want to give a shout-out to all those who came through. So, uh, grace and peace to all and uh last but not least definitely coach small continue to pour in and pour out and make things happen uh and uh for sure for sure my right arm is god but my left arm may be my wife so i want to tell the lord thank you for that amen i need both my arms to move forward so thank you very much (laughs) and i'm out amen amen well I hope you can feel the energy. I hope you can feel the spirit moving as you're listening to us. Because God is really going to do something today. He's going to break some chains. He's going to set some things on fire today. Because me and the coaches, we unpack this thing called distractions. And the title of this portion of Making of a Warrior is Eliminating Distractions. Because when we start unpacking this thing, we unpack a whole lot. And the thing that we want you to understand 
that you're in a war. Regardless of whether you want to acknowledge it or not, you want to fight it or not, you are in a war. Every day you get up and set your feet on the floor, the battle begins. And it doesn't begin, and it doesn't have to end. I'm sorry, it doesn't have to end right there. You can fight this battle with the weaponry of heaven. And we're going to start unpacking this thing to give you the necessary things to fight this battle on an everyday basis, you know, because when we dove into this thing about distraction, no matter what the distraction is, they all have the same root cause for end result. And all distractions basically are connected to worldly views and values. And when they left unchecked, that's when it becomes a detriment to us in our walk. And we want to check those things up. We want to get those things stored up that you can identify them and that you can fight them with the necessary things that you can be free as you were intended to be. Now, coaches, when we started this, we understood that distractions have all the potential of what we have in us if left unchecked. There can nothing that God has put in us manifest itself out of us if we allow these distractions. And I know last week, um, or last time we were together, I'm sorry, last time we were together, we, we, we covered a lot about examples of distractions. Now, I know it's been a, a minute, but is there anything that God has been ministering to you in our time off about the I guess the detriment of distractions if left unchecked. Coach Tut, what you got? You know, these past two weeks after we, of course, whenever you're on a path that God has laid out for you, the enemy gets scared and he's going to do whatever he can to try and distract you from that course. And, uh, you know, these past two weeks, it, it feels like he's been trying to use my family against me, try and throw me off because their opinion matters the most to me. Um, Mm -hmm. so he knows that that's, he knows that that could be a weak point, but it's, it's my weak point because it's also my strength, you know, so identifying that it's the enemy at work makes it easier to, to be able to address those things and not let them really have an impact on pursuing this path, you know, with this ministry, with, with the other ministries that I'm involved with, um, you know, it's, it's been evident that he's been trying, and that means that I'm doing something right. It means that I'm on the right path. Amen. 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 That's good stuff. Amen. Well, Coach Newton, I know you're a busy man, and, and, and you've got a lot of irons in the fire, and, and this thing, distraction, is probably one of the biggest combatants that you have day in and day out. What has God ministered to you that we can start off with about distractions that you can minister to the guys today? If left unchecked, how does it affect you? You have the floor, sir. Well, distractions are the number one thing that holds us back as men of God, especially when you have made up in your mind that you're ready to do this thing full tilt. And when ministry is birthed out of you, it's always funny, and Coach Tut hit it right on the head. He likes to play with our heartstrings. 
He likes to play mm. with the people that love us the most. Now, as men, we don't want our loved ones not to have support for what we're doing. We want to make sure that it's going to support everyone when we are walking in the ministry. But sometimes the devil is very strategic at how he comes at us. And if he can hit our heartstrings, we are done. So the biggest way to avoid the distraction is find a safe place. Call a timeout. Find a safe place that you, if you just have to go in your car, lock your door, play some music, something. Find a quiet place to talk to God. Because I'm telling you, Satan is always running his mouth. And he's going to use the weakest vessel to wreak havoc in your life. So I'm not saying your, your woman or your wife is, is weak by no means. But what I am saying, the devil attacks the weakest link and as you grow in god he's gonna attack your kids he's gonna attack your baby he's gonna attack cousin pookie he gonna he gonna even attack us as men <laughs> for not even coming on the call today that's what he does he divides mm. and conquer and if we have a strategic mm. plan to see it coming then we won't have these issues in the long run but again we have to stay connected that is the key if we don't stay connected in our relationship with god not our religion not our business as usuals our relationship one two we if we have strong brethren that can keep it real with you and talk to you as who you are instead of talking to you as your title or what you walk in that's who you need sometimes you need that tough love and i'm sorry i'm not going to give you no bubble gum or no candy cane statement but i'm telling you men will not be strong if we don't open up put our pride down and focus on what god has for us in this season it's time for the men to rise We've been sitting on our lazy boys long enough. It's time for us to take up what God has promised us and walk with this thing. So let me be quiet before I get turned up. So I'm throwing in my, my flag, personal foul on, on the offensive line, being too shot out. So let me stop. So, Coach D, back to you. Amen. Amen. Oh uh, man, this is this is really good. So Coleman, I, I, I just I just got this question. You know, I hear I hear you coaches talking, and and the way I see it is is distractions can be like that clog in my spiritual pipe, which causes things not to flow freely. What can I do to help unclog this pipe that is or unclog this clog of distractions in my spiritual pipe? You have the floor, sir. Amen. Well, I, I would dare say it is the mirror opposite of distraction, is being focused, uh, being focused on what it is that uh, God has intended for you to do. Uh, a focused heart or a focused mind is normally one who is uh, normally one that achieves its goal. Uh, I believe it's First Corinthians 
uh, what is it, 10 and 23 says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is edifying. We need to focus on what is edifying, what is what is proper for this season. Uh, I go even further with Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, that says to everything there is a season and a time. Uh, I've heard people say that, well, taking a class on time management. Well, guess what? You cannot manage time. You can manage yeah. priority, but you cannot manage time. God already set time in motion. You can't stop it. I don't care how many movies you watch about time travel. Uh, you cannot go back in time. You can't go forward in time. You have to deal with the time you have today. That means it's valuable because you won't get that minute that you just lost back. So focus. Focus is important. Focus. That's the reason we fast. We fast with a focus and with a goal. With that in mind so that you might see it being achieved. Uh, it is that lack of focus that causes us to falter. Uh, and the last example I'll use is that when... Peter walked on the water. I want you to think about that. Peter walked on the water. The reason he sunk was because he lost his focus. Mm. I'm going to leave that with you. And and that's what we need to do in order to get to 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 the place that you spoke of. uh, I'll turn that back over to you, you, sir. Amen. Amen. You know, Coach touched on something, and I'm a big proponent of of flowing in the spirit here. And I want to park right here because he mentioned something about family. Now, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that your family and loved ones can be a distraction? And if you got your Bible handy, whatever you use, Bibles, tablets, uh, wherever you're at, and if you're Driving along, listening to us, just just listen. I'm going to turn to Mark, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 10, in the 37th verse. And I'm going to read that, 37 through 39, 37 through 39. And I'm going to be reading this out of the Passion Translation, because this is really bewilder me. How can your family, the ones you love, the ones you get up and go to work for, the ones you protect day in, day out, how can they be a distraction to you? Well, Matthew 10, 37 through 39 says, whoever loves father, mother, or son, or daughter more than me is not fit to be my disciple. And whoever comes to me must follow me in my steps and be willing to share my cross, experience it as his own. Or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all, but those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender, it will it all to me will be discovered through life. Now, coaches, I just read that passage. Now, I love my children, and I love my wife. But, coaches, how can they be a distraction to me when all I want is the best for them? You know, I hear these guys out here on the line now. That's why I get up, to go to work for my family, to make sure they got food on the table, a roof over their head, that we can go places, we can take vacations, and we can have that time. And you're telling me that they can be a distraction to me? Something that you guys just said, if we leave it unchecked, it can be spiritual danger to me? Coach Tut, what 
is going on? How do we explain this? How can your family be a distraction? You have the floor. So you're always going to have different levels of spiritual growth whenever you're in pursuit inside of your house. Uh, And what happens is the enemy will start to play tricks with the minds of the people that you love because he knows how much you value their opinion to make them think that you're taking time away from them to make them think that, you know, you're doing this as if it's, as if it's walking away from your family into this instead of seeing it for what it is, which is you better enabling yourself to be able to properly minister to your family. Um, because we have to, we have to be poured into at the same time as we're pouring out to our families. But the enemy loves to try and pick with your family to try and get you off course to make you feel like you're doing something wrong by pursuing this. And it's just not the case. You know, we choose whether we listen to that distraction or not. If we, we choose to allow that distraction and it's through insightful prayer with our families that we protect them and cover them in armor of God to keep the enemy from being able to play with them. Amen. Amen. Coach Newton. Now, how can our children be a distraction when all they want to do is display uh, the Xbox, Nintendo, and, and, you know, just do kid stuff. How can they be a distraction? You have the floor, sir. Well, well, it's kids are a touchy subject. Now, it's all about how you groom them. Now, we're living in a different time where technology seems to be one of their main focuses. And I'm not one to, yeah, here you go. Here's a, here's a iPad. Be quiet. You know, I like to engage, but especially, and I can throw a perfect example, being that I do broadcasting most of the time, I have to schedule my time. I have to make sure that I have my time scheduled out for my kids for because we do homeschool here because of the pandemic. So I have to manage my time. So I have to make sure if I have a show in the morning, make sure I leave ample time for homework and doing homework with, with, with my baby girl and, and my uh, preteen and stuff. I have to make sure I fit all that in. Now, you have to make ministry a priority, but you don't let ministry take you. What do I mean? Now, when it comes to ministry, a lot of us were taught that ministry is the first thing. You need to go hard. Da, 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 da. Well, that's not true. Because your first ministry is your family. Now, the problem is, is time management a lot of us don't know how to be on time i'm sorry to say it a lot of us don't know how to manage our time i'm sorry to say it so time flies so fast 
And as we're getting closer and closer, year in and year out, time seems to be flying faster and faster. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I just see how things are going. But anywho, scheduling your time is key. Making sure you spend time with your family. Designate a day that from this time to this time, I'm not taking any phone calls, and I'm learning how to do that now. Don't take phone calls after a certain time. Make sure you spend time with your family. Now, will that resolve the issue? Maybe not. Because, again, kids go through phases. You deal with different things. But, again, if you keep them in your circle and you're not just throwing them to the curb because I got to go preach or I got to go to an engagement or I got to go broadcast somewhere and you bring them with you, bring them along with the experience. Now, as they get older, that might be a different thing. Oh, Dad, that's corny. I don't want to do that. That's, That's old fashioned. Okay, fine. But until then... Instill it in them because then that way you won't have to worry about later stuff. Now, of course, we're all going to deal with the preteen and the teenage stuff until they graduate high school. I get it. But again, keep your nucleus around your family. Don't allow your ministry to take all your time. And I'm learning that. I'm not perfect by no means, but I'm learning how to balance ministry and balance family time. Is it hard? Absolutely. But if you want it, you will do it. So that's my take on it, Coach T. So back to you. Amen. Amen. Wow. That's good stuff, guys. I hope you're soaking this up, family. This is some good stuff. But Coach Coleman, we've been talking about family, and I heard Coach Tut mention it, and we're about to approach Mother's Day. But how can my wife be a distraction to me? How can my helpmate be a distraction to me? She was given to me by God. She was ordained to be part of this ministry that I am. How can she be a distraction? Sir, you have the floor. Uh oh. <laughs> Almost. I'll say one name. Eve. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Say one name, Eve. Any uh, there are times where women, uh, your wife, your wife or your spouse—I think we've already touched on it—can um, be a distraction to us and not necessarily be on the same plane. Now, saying that to be true as well, where men may not be on the same plane as their wives. It should be understood, mm-hmm. though, that just in the context of what we're talking about, that our spouses can be a distraction to us because there may be things that they want taken care of around the house uh, but you may have you know a, a um, edict from God that you must execute and you yeah. have to balance it you have to balance it mm-hmm. I'll say this if, if I can be very clear um, is that we need to learn to share what that is with our spouses and not hide it from mm-hmm. them uh, so that they're keenly aware of what's important to us so I, I, I'll go even further. The scripture plainly says that the man is supposed to be the head of the house. And it's my understanding, at least every head I've ever seen had eyes in it, which means that the head carries the vision. But if that Come head on. fails to fails to actually, uh, uh, if you will, proclamate that vision to the rest of the body, then you can't expect the body to react accordingly. 
So it's necessary for the head or the man to to share the vision with his wife so that she can clearly mm-hmm. understand what he has planned for the week, which things are important to him and should thereby be important to the family. And she would more than likely be the supporting structure in any way, shape, or form. My experience is that a woman is always on. I mean, she's always chugging along. She she wants to accomplish great things. And if we pour in the vision into, I'll call her the running engine, if you will, uh, that she's always ready to move. She's always ready to get to the next level. If we pour that vision into her, she will always be ready to help us get there. So I, I say that in the sense that if you have been struggling with communicating that vision to your wife, it is for that reason that she Mm -hmm. may become a distraction. If Adam would have stopped her and communicated to her the vision for the family, they would have never Mm -hmm. eaten from that tree. Amen. Now, yeah, so, so I know she may have known the vision, but sometimes you have to go back and say, do you remember what the vision was? Mm. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Because we already said this is what the vision is. And that goes everything from finance to fitness. It doesn't matter. Uh, finance, faith, fitness, and, and, and inner faith. So I, I will say this is important. It's imperative that we do that mm-hmm. uh, for our loved ones, to communicate to them why we're doing what we're doing and how we're doing what we're doing so the distractions don't continue to rise and turn it into disasters. Amen. Yes, sir, back to you. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, family, that's, 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 man, these guys are hitting on so many levels. And, you know, what ministered to me with these coaches today, family, is this, that we have to stay focused. See, because a lot of times your family, they don't look at where you are right now, they look at where they know you used to be. And a lot of times they want to relate to you and deal with you out of where you used to be. And what that does is it it puts a drawing, it's a stress, it's a pressure. And we know if anything continues to get a lot of stress or pressure, it's going to crack somewhere. It's going to have a crack in it. And usually those cracks are the way of our thinking. And usually those cracks come by way of a little bit of doubt. And we've got to stay focused to eliminate that doubt. And your confession, what are you saying? What are you saying over your wife? What are you saying over your children? What is your proclamation, as, as, as Coach Coleman said, in that vision? What are you confessing about those things? And just like Coach Newton has said, you know, with our children, we have to make a proclamation over them that they don't become a distraction and get us off to the place where we're not thinking, doing, acting, and and flowing the way we should as men, as mighty men. We we have to know and understand that our confession, our speech is connected to our thinking. And let me read this from you. I'm going to give you an example right here. If you will turn to me to Job chapter 2, Job chapter 2, 9 and 10. And I want to show you something here. The book of Job, Old Testament, chapter 2, 9 and 10. And it reads, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? That's the way you think. That's your character. That's what's flowing out of you. 
curse God and die. But he said to her, now listen to what Job said. But you speak as one of foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. So a lot of times when we see these distractions coming out at us or when we recognize that the distraction, what is your proclamation? What are you claiming? What are you professing? See, because you, we got to be transformed in our thinking. We've got to be transformed in our thinking that what comes out of our mouth is going to be the thing that, that keeps us focused. And that's the big, big thing is staying focus. So is there anything else on the family, guys, that you wanted to touch on? Because I think we we really got this. Um, we we really hit this hard. But was there anything else, Coach Tut, that God may have been ministering to you about family? You know, kind of to Coach Coleman's point, the, the easiest opportunity for family to become a distraction is if you're not walking them with you as you start to grow in ministry, as you start to grow, you know, spiritually, if you're, if you're in pursuit and you're not making an active effort to incorporate them as part of your growth, then you're not giving them the opportunity to help you grow that much faster and stronger. You know, there's, there's an old saying that if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. And that especially applies to your family. If you're not staying linked in arms with them as you pursue God, then you're just opening up the opportunity for them to feel left behind, for them to feel disconnected as you grow spiritually. Call that play. You better call that play, Coach Tut. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He called it. I hope we run it. He called it. All you got to do is run it. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What about you, Coach Moon? You got something you can, uh, another play you can put on that? Another technique? You have the floor. Well, uh, Coach Tut already kind of threw in the the quarterback sneak. Uh, I... I, I can't really co-sign anymore because he's absolutely right. We have to understand that ministry is important for everyone. Now, as you advance, and again, I'm learning. I'm still learning. I'm not going to sit here and say I got it all together. But I will say that as we grow, is it does it get difficult at times when you have different levels of spiritual relationship between kids, between your wife, and between you. So I'll probably mm. throw in a sneak play because sometimes that could be a battle because sometimes you may be more advanced than your spouse or right. your spouse may be more advanced than you or your kids might be more advanced than both of you. See, that's what I'm saying. The dynamic can shift greatly, especially when it comes about spiritual growth, having a relationship with God. There's a lot of key components there when it comes to family. 
And that's usually one of the biggest things when you have a spouse that one's saved and one's not saved, or one's saved and one's a little bit saved, or one's always saved and the other one's going the other way. There's different dynamics. Mm. But again, mm-hmm. I'm throwing something else in the mix, but I, I don't know why I went there, but I went there. Maybe somebody need to hear that, but that that's important as well. So what do you do mm-hmm. if you do have an uneven uh, relationship with your spouse, as far as spiritually? Well, that's probably one of those hard plays that's fourth down and inches. So I'm going to put it on the table. I'll answer the question, but I'm going to put it on the table because that could be a distraction as well. So, Coach D, I just threw in the fourth and inches play. Do we go for it or not? Back to you. Amen, amen. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take this one on in the end, though. We're gonna this, this is this is championship play here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run this one, Coach Coleman. I'm counting on you. What you got? What reflection you got about what we were talking about? Family being a distraction. Come on, get us in the end zone. You have the floor. Well, I'm gonna bring up something that I used maybe about a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not passing. I'm running. Listen, you, you, you need somebody who is capable of getting that ball in the end zone. And oftentimes you need to be able to turn to someone who has been proven to be capable of delivering. So especially in these times where you may find uh, 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 the imbalance, not necessarily unequally yoked, but the imbalance of spirituality, where it's necessary for you to turn to somebody who can help you get that ball in the end zone which means you have mm-hmm. to turn to God for direction. You have to Come hand on. him the ball and ask him, which direction do I go? Do I fast today? Do I pray today? Do I see? Here's what we did when I was in the service. If you were more fit than the person uh, who ran in your team, you used the most fit person to go back and help the person who was unfit. And you kept encouraging them to get across the finish line. And I think Amen. sometimes in this walk, we, 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 we get so frustrated and we say, why are you in this position? Why are you so unfit? Why do we have to continue to go down this path each and every time? When the truth of the matter is, it is rarely, rarely will it be a word that you speak that will change their heart. But it will be something that happens to them in life that changes their momentum. And you just have to be there when they shift gears. You have to be there when they shift gears. God will shift the gear for you. I'm telling you right now, if you are faithful enough, God will shift the gear for you in your loved one's life. You just can't be sitting idly by and being bitter while you're waiting for them to change. Mm. You have to be there with a faithful heart saying, I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. I was just waiting. Hey, I knew you could do it. Let's go get some more. Let's go get some more because we ain't done. We still got an extra point to go after. Once we get it yeah. in the end zone, so we we just want to say that that is indeed the need, and and I believe uh, I, I speak because I've seen it done. I've seen it done. There's people who were patient, and there's another scripture that specifically speaks that the unsaved unsaved one is made, if you will, made whole or clean by the believing one. 
So there mm-hmm. is a room, there is a space there that God begins to put favor upon the house. Uh, I kind of broke that scripture down that God is trying to, is going to put favor on the house because of the one who chooses to believe until the one who doesn't believe becomes a believer. Amen. In Woo. faith. Amen. Right, that's a touchdown there, fellas. We, uh, man, that's good stuff. I hope you're soaking this up, family. These are some things, these are the things, these just things aren't true. This is God speaking today. To your situation, no matter where you're at in life, where you're doing, this is him speaking to you to lift you up, to level you up today, this day, that you can start eliminating the distractions that's around your life. All right, coaches, that was a, that was a good series. We, uh, we, we did good there. I'm sorry? Yeah, I just want to jump in real quick. I want to give a quick example. Yeah. I want to keep going back to Peter. If you ever notice, Jesus called Peter out to walk on the water. Peter, mm-hmm. Jesus didn't let Peter drown. Mm. He picked him That's up true. and carried him into mm-hmm. the ship. He didn't let him drown. He just asked him why did he doubt. So I, I just want to put that in there. Maybe later on we'll talk about that, but doubt in and of itself is division. It separates, separates mm-hmm. itself from the true vision. So that's essentially God mm-hmm. put a vision in front of Peter. When Peter lost or doubted, lost his focus, died vision, he sunk. But Jesus didn't leave him there. He picked him right. up. Right. Yeah, so I just want to say that. And I, I'm going to jump back in back to you, sir. It was just on my heart to say. Amen. No, that's good stuff. That That's good stuff. Um, yes, indeedy, that's good stuff. Now, here's one, coaches, that every man is plagued with. And this is going to be groundbreaking when God walks us through this today. And really it hit me, and I had to look back, and, and this is one of those self-examination moments. And where you minister from this and where you're going to receive this is straight out of the spirit. How can work be a distraction? Because in Genesis 3.19, God told Adam, look, you know, by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. So man was given a job. God told him it was going to work and it wasn't always going to be easy. But how can I, I got to work. I got to go to work, fellas. I got to make a living. I just can't sit back and, and you know, I'm, I'm healthy. Don't get me wrong, because I know there's some people out there that can't work. But those that can work, I got to go. I got to make it. I got to make ends meet. How can work be a distraction? Coach Tut, you have the floor. So with work at like you said, God gave us work. So it's, we, sometimes we get so wrapped up with work that we, we allow it to keep us from, from our focus of why we're working. You know, uh, we, we have to trust that God's got us exactly where he needs us to be and look for opportunities to really minister where we are in our job. That way we're staying God-centric while accomplishing the tasks of the world that we need in order to provide for our families while furthering the kingdom you know we're we're able in any situation and unfortunately there are some some occupations where hr is very 
is written based off of rules of this world. And so they frown on people speaking about their religion. But, you know, we have to be consistent and not necessarily speak 100% of the time about it, but we can't shy away from speaking about our faith either. Um, you know, it, we we allow for for what we see as our financial needs to to take any advantage of overtime that we can get. And in those moments, while it's important to earn what we're able to, we start to doubt that God's going to provide for us if we don't get that overtime. Sometimes he puts the opportunity there for us to make more. But when he, when we start pursuing that overtime more than we're pursuing God, then we, we start to kind of make that money an idol in front of knowing that he's going to provide for us. Back to you, Coach. Amen. Amen. Coach Newton, man, look, how can my job be a distraction? I just got this promotion. I'm right where I want to be. I'm doing everything that I think I'm supposed to do. How can my job be my distraction? You have the floor, sir. Well, I might start some trouble here. Well, when it comes to, this is the biggest thing that all of us as men, we face this same issue, the money. Now, we're pressured to make money so we can tithe more. That's a whole nother show. We have pressure to make more money because our family grows. We have pressure to make more money by our constituents. Because sometimes, some men, we like to pump our chest and, and brag about what we got. So that's another pressure. So all I'm saying is this. I've understood this fact, and Brother Don knows exactly where I'm about to go. Now, I've been broken apart, put back together, and I'm, and I'm trying to go back to work. Now... Mm-hmm. Physically, I can't handle it. And I was fighting that for so long because I said, I got to make money. I got the station. I got the kids. Da, 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 and I just had to go back to work. Well, guess what? I just hurt myself more because I was trying to go back to work. So that was one. Mm-hmm. Two, that challenged my faith in God. Now, Here we go. Here's another preacher talking about have faith in God. Well, while my bills pile up, well, listen, we have to be good stewards of what we have. I am on disability. I have one income. And Mm -hmm. I have to trust God that things will get paid for when it comes to the radio. Period. Mm-hmm. Because my wife is taking care of everything else now. Now that the roles are reversed, she's able to do that now. But I still have a responsibility. So Amen. as a man, I'm like, wait a minute. I I got to do something because I know my paycheck is just not going to do it. But see, what I've learned is that if I stop stressing about the money and really let God handle it, I'm telling you. 
doors open up. $25 comes here. 50 comes here. 100 comes there. It adds up. And you can't discount the fact that God is going to do it for you. But as men, we don't want to trust God. We trust God sometimes. Well, I got a promotion now, God. I don't need you no more. Uh-oh. Oh, God, I, I, I'm in an office now. I don't have to get my hands blistered. I don't need you anymore. Well, I've been there. And guess what? When you have a call on your life and you are putting everything before God, guess what? God is going to get your attention one way or the other. And it may just be the one thing that you love so much, your job, your career, Mm. your position. Mm. Because God's going to do something to shift it. So you have to trust him. I know what I'm talking about. He will do it. I don't care how many businesses you own. I don't care how many programs you design. If God has called you to do a work, He's going to move all that stuff out the way so you can give him the attention that he deserves. And COVID-19 was just the start. But, see, that's a whole nother show. So let me stop and pump my brakes before I get a penalty for jumping off sides. So, Coach D, back to you. Amen. Amen. Coach Coleman, look, man, this guy is asking this question. He said, look. I heard Coach Tuck, and I heard Coach Newton, but man, my parents, I watched them work hard all their life to send me to college that I can be a professional, that I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck, that I can earn a good living, and I go to work every day as a lawyer, as a doctor, as a professional, but how can that become a distraction to me in my life? You have the floor, Coach Tom. Um, Quite easily, I think we'd go down the road of the pride of life. Um, if we are terribly concerned with the perception uh, that the world may have of us because we have been educated or become educated, or as a friend of mine would say, you got your education, uh, that it would make it seem as if you must climb this corporate ladder and your success uh, is all in what you accumulate as opposed to how much you pour out. Um, I think we need to begin to see the world through God's eyes in that it is always about being able to pour into something more than being able to get something out of something. Uh, He is constantly the sower. He is constantly the one who's pouring into us. And to me, over and over again, the fact that he is the source, not just the resource, but the source of all things, should give us an opportunity to know and to focus our mind on not being distracted by uh, having to climb the corporate ladder or maybe even, God forbid, having to uh, take a pause on, uh, on, on adhering to the principles and the tenets of God, of your faith simply because you need to be in the same room with those who ha- have become the most successful people in uh, in that discipline. So we, we need to be able to know that God has set us to be salt 
of the earth and that we might be a light in the place of darkness. And there is a place that he has created for us. I'm going to step out just a little bit. There's a place that he's created for us. And believe it or not, there's a void in many of these corporations uh, that is not being filled simply because nobody is taking a stand. Uh, But the person who would choose to take a stand would, I I dare say, would find favor with those uh, who really want to see their companies grow. So I'm going to say that specifically, that we could be so distracted by other people's opinions at work, by other people's, uh, um, if you say, perceptions of what we should do and how we should do it, and whether or not mm-hmm. we should take the fall or, take, or tell a lie, uh, no matter how much um, somebody said a little white lie. Let me tell you something. A lie is a lie is a lie. Uh, you can't Amen. dig half a hole. You can't tell half a lie. So um, I'm going to leave that with you. These are distractions, and because, you know, what the enemy will choose to do real quick is try to pile your lies upon you. No matter how many little bitty white lies you think you've told, after a while you will know. Your moral and spiritual Mm -hmm. compass will tell you it is not pointing north, and you will feel so, so overwhelmed by the guilt because you know that there's a greater calling. So I'm going to say that this is a distraction in and of itself. It, it's almost like uh, it doubles in on itself. He doubled down on it. The, the distraction mm-hmm. can simply be uh, how you perceive yourself, especially in the corporate boardroom. Uh, and I'm going to leave it there. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, coaches, family, you know, one, I want to pick this out here. And this is a teaching that, I can't remember who I listened to, but it stuck with me, especially when it comes to work. Now, most of us, we have to work 40 hours a week at minimum, you know, on a regular job, you know, to earn a paycheck to make provisions for the family. And if sometimes we'll work a little bit of overtime, um, you know, to, to, to help with that if it's available or, you know, maybe mandatory. I don't know where you, where you work, but irregardless of that, the way to eliminate distractions from work is giving. And let me tell you where I'm going with this. And I love the way Coach Coleman said it. We can't manage time. We can't stop it. We can't make it. We can't buy it. We can't produce it. There's nothing new we can do with time but be in it. But guess what? Just like we give with our money. We can give with our time. Has the concept ever came to you about tithing time? See, the thing, time is more precious and valuable than money. Time is perfect. You only get so much time. And even though you say you waste time, like you may waste money or whatever, but there's many people somewhere that, that are not here wish they had more time. And you, when you get up in the morning and you hit the floor, God has blessed you that day for at least 24 hours. Saying you, you know, go through work, go to, come home, eat, spend time with family, go to bed, wake up the next day. 24 hours. So essentially we're just talking about two hours, 2.4 hours a day. 2.4 hours a day that you can keep him focused. And when you find out you're giving back to that, you're going to find work 
You're going to find family. You're going to find all these things that get, gets a little much, that's a little easier. As, as, as Dr. Coleman says, gooder and gooder. So, so we've got to learn to, you know, like maybe your lunch break. You know, read a scripture. Talking good. Talking good. Maybe, maybe in your cup of coffee in the morning before you start, you know, get a, get a scripture out and start memorizing. Maybe at break time. You know, you, you, you share with somebody what you're doing, the scripture or what you read. But there's everything that you do, we have to understand and we have to interject Jesus in everything that we do. That's what's going to keep us focused. See, because if you don't, and let me, let me tell you this, family, even that job that can become a distraction is not only with you trying to make money, it may be that boss is always on your back causing stress. It could be. It could be that supervisor that seems like he's always got a problem or issue with you. Start praying for him. Start bringing the kingdom of heaven to work. Do these things, and you'll start to see that this distraction will slowly, 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 slowly start to fade away. It won't be a distraction. It will not be a distraction. But these are some of the fundamental things that you can do to help with that distraction, because I got caught up. I'm, I got to be transparent. I did. I thought the more that I worked, the better I was, and it didn't. It wasn't because I had a need. It's just because I wanted the money. I wanted work. You gonna pay me double time and double time and a half to come in? Guess what? I'm there. I don't care what's going on. I'll shut everything else down. Vacations, family, church, everything, just to go get that money. But now I'm at a different level, family. I read in the morning. I read at lunchtime or I listen to, uh, you can go out on the podcast and listen to the locker room at lunchtime. You know, just something to interject to keep you focused on Jesus is going to help you. Amen? Well, Coach Cut, you got anything you want to top this off? Because we're getting ready to head into some deep water, and I don't, it's, it's, it's going to get, uh, it's going to get sketchy here. You got anything you'd like to add on the work distraction? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, I mean, we, we've hit some really hard points, and I really I really hope that that these words are being received the way that we intend them to be spoken. Um, you know, that this, is, that this is hitting home, and if nothing else, it's hitting home for me. Amen. Amen. Coach Newton, we're getting ready. We, we, yes, we, we're getting ready to get in the fourth quarter here, and it's, it's and, and we're down by two. We're gonna have to get this together. You got anything that you uh, want to touch on? Distract work distractions before we move forward. I, I'm just gonna say this, and I'm we'll be keep it moving because I think we've pretty much exhausted it. But we just have to be mindful of how much time we're investing. Again, the one thing that God will do, see, I was guilty of it too. I think the more I was chasing after the dollar, chasing after the position, chasing after this and that. And the fact of the matter is, if God is giving, if God is asking for our attention, I don't care how many hours you work. I don't care how many promotions you get. All those things are going to be shut down or 
he will redirect you somewhere else. See, I had to go to the school of hard knocks. See, I was hard-headed. See, God had to slap me down to size because my brain was bit and my ego and my pride was bigger than anything. So God said, you know what? Since you don't want to trust me, I'm going to make sure you have to. Now, I don't suggest mm. this road for anybody, but sometimes some of us are so stubborn that God has to do what he has to do to get our attention. And I'm sorry to say it, and I hate to admit it, but I was that guy. I was that stubborn. And guess what? God said, you know what? Since you don't want to do it voluntarily, I'm going to move out the way. And when he moved out the way, guess what? I ended up in the hospital. Just saying. Mm. I'm not saying mm. that God did it. Don't misquote me and don't send no hate mail. What I'm saying is sometimes God will remove his hand of grace from you to get your attention. It could be mm. anything. It could be a drug. It could be a habit. It could be anything. See, when God removes his hand from us, we have to understand that sometimes God has to get our attention if we have something great to do. Why do you mm -hmm. think your life is always going upside down? Why do you think you always have a hard time every job you go to or the same job you've had for 25 years? It's always hard for you to either move up or when you did move up, you had more stress than you asked for. See, God has mm. gets our attention in so many different ways. And sometimes we have to ask the question, is it worth it? Let me stop. Coach D, I, mm. I'm about to sit myself out. I'm going to eject myself out the game. So back to you. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> Coach Coleman, you got anything you'd like to uh, put on that before we move on? No, sir. I think we I think we put that on the grill real good. It, it, it's ready to come off. Amen. And I, if we haven't hit it, uh, we need to make sure somebody comes, sends us an email, and lets us know that hey, we have one specific, uh, one specific thing we didn't cover. Um, I, I, and you know what? I take that back. I do have one thing. It dropped in my heart. Okay. Listen, I'm going to say this because I've experienced it. There are people at higher levels of management who are literally mm -hmm. looking for people with uh, integrity. And they sit in meetings to see who is willing to go along with the flow and who will actually stand up and say, no, that's not right. And they may not say it openly in the boardroom, but they will mention it to you later on. And because you do that, the favor of God will be upon your life. They cannot, because of their position, take the same position you take. Mm -hmm. I'll say this out loud again. They cannot, because of their position... Take the position you take, but they will support you, and they will be there for you if you stand up and do what is right. I am just saying that because I've experienced it, 
And I know that this is sometimes where we, we, we hesitate because we're concerned about how we will be perceived. But there are those who've been, who are tired of being in darkness, and they're waiting for somebody to be a light bearer. Amen. 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 Man, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Well, family, coaches, tighten your chin straps up. We're getting ready to hit it hard. This is a topic. This is a distraction that falls into many, many different categories. But what's unique about this distraction, this distraction can end up being a stronghold over your life. I'm talking about lust. It's not unique just to men, but it affects men greatly. See, we downplay the issue of lust. See, we chalk it up as active, healthy behavior for young teen boys. As we're coming up, we, 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 we just downplay it to the point where we normalize. But this distraction actually can become a stronghold because I've been a victim of this because this distraction, the stronghold that it left me was with a bad addiction to pornography. And I allowed that to consume my thinking, and it actually perverted my thinking. And I still have to mind myself because if I'm not careful, I will allow that distraction to come back up in my life, and it really is probably one of the most detrimental things that I had to experience as a young man and an adult man and now an older man because, you know, no matter where you are on the spectrum, it's still one of those things that will look to put its snares back in you to pull you down. And if you ever get a chance, I'm not going to read the whole chapter just for the sake of time, but Second Samuel chapter eleven, and see, it's it's indiscriminate. It, it it you can be at the top of the ladder, or you can be the lowest rung there, and it affects each and every person. See, it's a it's a distraction that is very very strong that will lead you into a stronghold. And coaches, I hear these guys out here screaming for help because as soon as I said that, I could just feel it in my spirit that that guy said, you know what, that's me. That's me. I stay hours on the computer watching pornography. I I flip through ads on my phone, watching all this illicit stuff that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I just can't stop. This thing is distracted. It has turned my life totally upside down. I don't even relate to my wife the same. I don't even relate to my children the same. I don't even view relationships in the same manner. Coaches, what can I do? Coach Tut, you've got the floor. And, you know, Coach Don, this is a, this is a very – unfortunately, it's a very common issue. Uh you know, the majority of men end up dealing with porn addiction on some level uh, because, like you mentioned, when, we gr- when we're when we growing up, we feel that 
talking about it or that sexual promiscuity is is kind of it's it's our expression of virility it's how we you know it's how we show that we're a man because we we talk you know about our sexual prowess um but nothing could be further from the truth you know porn the endorphin release from the first time that a person watches porn is equivalent to that of heroin and anybody that's that's dealt with addiction to porn they can go back and they can tell you exactly what it was that they saw the first time they were introduced to it because it's burned into your brain and like any other addiction the for, the longer you allow it to be in your life the deeper you're going to go into it the you know you're going to continue to seek after that same rush and you'll never find it again but with porn what it does is it it skews your expectations as you start dating as you as you're married as mm-hmm. you know you start to you start to expect you have a skewed reality where you expect that the people that you're with in real life are going to be the same as these people that are paid in these fake scenarios to perform um you know it it makes for it makes it difficult to have any type of intimacy with your spouse or your partner whoever it is that you're with because you keep on you feel like they're inadequate because they're not the same as what you see and so mm-hmm. half the time when you're dissatisfied with them even though it's your perception of it not them you know you can go to your phone you can go to the bathroom you can go and hide somewhere and you know you can see what you want to see and all it does is it steals the joy from the relationship that you're in you know mm-hmm. it doesn't allow for you to truly engage to really get to that point of intimacy with your partner because you've decided to allow for something that's artificial to take priority um this is this is a major issue and it's unfortunately not talked about because it's such a sensitive topic but i refuse mm-hmm. to be silent on this matter you know it, it's this is an issue that that i dealt with and i'm grateful to you know to be past it but it, it's one of those things every it it completely skews our outlook on life it can affect our it can affect our work relationships it can affect our personal relationships you know how do we speak to our children to educate them properly as we're bringing up the next generation if we're allowing for something like this where it's so easily accessible to to be present in our lives we have to we have to move past it identify it for the fake nature that it actually is you know and really move past and it's only through god's grace and help that we can get to that point amen amen good stuff good stuff coach coach news man look these guys are struggling out here on this line i can just feel it that they're just they're, they're they're wondering what is the issue why are you making a big deal of this man you know because after all this we're men that's what men do right right <laughs> coach newton you got the floor 
Well, you're on the right network at the right time because we're not the most controversial Christian radio station in the land for nothing, especially on subjects like this. Now, if you sit here and tell me as a man or man of God and all this stuff and you've never experienced or dealt with this, I know you're lying because this is the biggest problem like coach Tut said this is the biggest problem that's crippling us because it's easy to see for example like i had issues with it too see i could be Mm -hmm. transparent and i'm good with that see Mm -hmm. what it does see i can talk from i'm I'm in the middle as far as generations so i kind of understand where these young men are coming from because if I can't get it from my girl or my wife, I have something else to fall back on. Uh Oh, mm-hmm. or mm. I'm, I'm always at work. So, or my wife don't never want to give me no love. So see all this stuff that we use as an excuse to do what we do. Just like I told you, we want to make the money. We want to do all this stuff. We want to make all these distractions just not to have a connection or a relationship. And we end up making relationships with other things, and porn is one of them. I'm sorry to say it, but it is. Because you got to invest time, which time is money, as they say. Yeah. This, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Um, see, we mm-hmm. have to understand that we're fi- this thing called porn affects us culturally, it affects us economically, it affects us all over. Because honestly, the money that is made from this particular addiction is outrageous. Yep. They make yep. millions of dollars, millions. So you mean to tell me this is not a church problem? I doubt that. So because if the world is having an issue, what makes you think we're better? See, but this is why we need to talk about stuff like this. How can we combat this? Well, again, we can't do it by ourselves, gentlemen. We can't. We got to be accountable to someone. Now, see, our problem is, again, is the big letter, the letter P, called pride. I don't want Mm. Coach Tut to know I got a porn addiction. I don't want Coach D to know I like to watch certain things. I don't want Mm. Coach Coleman to know. I don't even want my congregation to know. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. See? We have to understand that, see, this affects every part of who we are. It does hold a block on you. You start looking at your wife different. Let's keep it real. You start looking at women different. Let's keep it real. When we were growing up, I thought, and honestly, this is what helped me with women. I'm going to keep it real. 
I didn't have a dad. So guess what? Guess what Chris did? I had to figure it out on my own. So guess what was mm. the best next thing? Yeah, porn. Playboy back in the day. Yeah. Got the magazines and yeah. all that stuff. Y'all remember that back in the attic. You know, uh, Grandpa had a stash in the attic. We used to sneak up there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I'm just saying. See, there's a lot of different factors involved here because a lot of men just don't fall into it. A lot of men grew right. up in it, and I was one right. of them. And I'm not going to sit right. here and say that I wasn't because I had something yeah. absent. So how am I supposed to be Mr. Lover Lover Shaba to my girl or to my <laughs> wife if I don't know what I'm doing? I don't have a, my father in my life, so I got to learn from somewhere. Wow. So wow. I learned from that. And I grew up with that, and I got better at it. But, of course, as you get older, you know, you got to understand something. Some things just have, they start shifting. But that's a whole nother show. Anyway, but I'm, what I'm saying is this. A lot of us grew up with this, and they won't be man enough to say it. A lot of us still going through it, but we have too much pride to tell someone to confide in that I'm still having problems. So guess what happens? It ends up seeping into our relationships, not only with God, but with our marriages, with our family, with females. It, it, it just gets destructive. And it gets to the point where that's all you are driven to do. Nothing else gets you going except that screen or the click of the mouse, and you're gone for hours. But see... I'm a keeper real. That's just how it is. But I thank God that I'm working to help other men because that's what helps me. I'm just keeping it real. It keeps me focused if I'm helping someone else keep focused. So then that way, all of us are staying focused. All of us, hey, bro, you okay? Did you do the switch? No, I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. Because sometimes we could be calling a brother at the time that he's about to do the click or about to do the swipe or about to type it in, and we call him strategically. That's when you know you have a relationship with the fellow brothers that you are connected to, not only in the spirit but in the natural. So then we can keep us all accountable. We can keep us all focused on it. But, see, it's a lot to say, but I don't want to hog it all. But so here you go. I'm going to leave it alone. So, Coach D, back to you. Hey, man, good stuff, good stuff. Coach Coleman, wait a minute, man. I, I done heard Coach Newton. I can hear the guy saying, I done heard Coach Todd. I done heard Coach Newton. But, man, I I go to work, and I'm out in the store, and you see the way these women are dressed. And James 121 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness and grafted word, which is able to save your souls. I understand that, but I just, what do I do, man? You know, I, I'm a man after all, right? How can I not get caught up into this when I see these women have dressed out in the community, in the public, and even in church sometimes? What am I to do, wow. Coach Coleman? You got to help them out. You have the floor. But I'm going to just say it like I, like I know it. 
You can't take that home. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be playing with you. You you can't take all of it home. Unfortunately, the way the mind works, it it creates this facade and this fantasy that gives you – the mindset that, you know what, if I had that or if I could go with that, if I could get with this or I could get with that, then all of a sudden things in your life change. Uh, you know, and mm. quite frankly, it, it is no different than any other addiction uh, that people have suffered from because it releases endorphins and it gives you that physical right. uh, uh, pleasure, if you will. And your body, your chemical, but I, I was reading the scripture, as a matter of fact, just before you asked, it says no temptation as comes to man that you God will make a way of escape for you. He will make Amen. a way of escape for you. Uh, the uh, and for me, I'll because uh, as you stated, for me the escape was I. I came to the conclusion that if I couldn't touch it, I didn't need it. I mean, I'm just going to be playing with you since we're talking. Uh, if I couldn't touch it, well, I didn't need it. If I if you can't if I can't put my hands on it, then it's just a it is a distraction. Cause I can't take it home. I can't. I can't even do with it what I want. I even told my children, my sons, at one time. I said, you know, that girlfriend you got is a, is, a, is is nothing but an empty cup. It's an empty cup. A wow. cup is meant to hold things. It's really meant to hold things. You, now, if you can't fill that cup up, if you know what I mean, if you can't fill that cup mm-hmm. up, then you you need to keep that cup on the shelf. Come on. Yeah. So don't only pick only pick that cup up. If you know what to do with it, and if you don't know what to do with it, you need to leave it on the shelf. So you know, it, it is I, it is so practical because uh, honestly, there are many men I know uh, that may shake their head and say, "Brother, you don't understand." I think you would be wrong. I think you would be quite wrong. Uh, I, I think I, I would even share with you uh, that I asked God to do certain things for me. Because I was exposed to pornography at an early age, um, my yeah. mother didn't know. Nobody around you knew, uh, I, you know. And as a matter of fact, I mean, I don't know how far this will go, but it, it, it wasn't until I was exposed to pornography that I actually knew that there were different body parts. Come on, you know, this is sometimes when you grow up without a father, you have no inkling of what it is because none of this had been yeah, had been revealed. Right, so right. what happens is that when things get unveiled to you, all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's a whole new world out there, and you're ready to explore. Uh, the problem is, is that exactly. nobody tells you that there should be left and right boundaries to your exploration. Hello. Right? And this is a reason right. we've heard it said time and time again that uh, people say, well, you know, you live and learn. Brother, I'm going to tell you, according to Proverbs 4, that's not true. You're supposed to learn and live. But when you don't have uh, – I heard a brother said the other day, he says his father was disarmed. He he felt like he grew up disarmed. He didn't have mm. what it took to be the man that he should be because nobody ever showed him how to handle the weapons of life. And he never knew mm. how to handle especially this particular weapon, which is sexuality. If you believe that if you're supposed to sow your wild oats and you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z because you have no left and right boundaries and nobody's telling you how to use the power that God is giving you, then, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to do. And it is for that reason you hear our, our, our songs laced with this mm, over and over again. 
and even our women have lost. Anyway, this has <laughs> to stop. And the yeah. only way it stops is if we talk about it. And I yeah. know that we don't talk about sex, money, <laughs> and these are the very things that many people in the church want the most of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? It, you just need to learn that discipline is key and everything has its place and its time and its season. And I'll just jump back to my, I came to the understanding when I came to Christ that, you know, the cup needs to stay on the shelf and I need to be disciplined enough to know I need to go get my own cup. I need to get my own cup and make sure nobody else has an opportunity to be with my cup. And I take my cup on vacation. I take my cup. To, <laughs> I take my cup, and I, I, I make sure I treat my cup real good. And, and, and at the end of the day, I know how to respect my cup, how to love my cup, because my cup runneth over. And I Come leave on. you at the. Yes, indeed. And you know, everybody had made some great points, and and you know, if you're listening today. And I know one of the main reasons God wanted this brought out is because it's not taught or talked about in church circles. It's one of those situations where everybody just wants to look the other way, thinking it'll go away, but it's not going to go away till you address it. You know, if I got a tree out in the yard and I want to get rid of it, I can't turn the other way. Just because I can't see it right then and there doesn't mean that it's gone. I'm going to have to actually actually go out, cut that thing out, dig up the roots if I really want to eradicate that tree out of my yard. And it's this is one of the topics that I want to make sure that we touch because each and every coach, and, and I'm glad everybody's been transparent because now those of you who are listening know that you're not alone. You're, 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 you're not different because you battle with this or struggle with this. All of us have. This is, like I said, this is this lust thing, this distraction, it's, it's not exclusive to men, but it affects men deeply. You know, because we're the covenant leaders. We, we are the ones that are designed, God gives the authority to be covenant leaders. So if we go approach the situation with our thinking in a perverse nature, guess what happens? Everything around us will be start to be in a perverse nature, and we can't hold it together. And you wonder why you're having so many issues, so many problems, so much stress. It's because you got to really address this thing head on because it really messes with your thinking. Now, I'm going to go back real quick to Samuel because I want to hear the coaches on this one. This, this, is, this is good stuff. Second uh, Samuel chapter 11. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to just kind of pra- paraphrase it up to the verse that um, I want to read. What we see here in chapter 11, and everybody knows this account, when David, King David, this is a man that spent many, many days in front of the Lord. This is a man that God says he's after my own heart. This is a man that God anointed as king as a youth. This was the man that we talked about a couple weeks ago that slayed Goliath. So this just ain't no ordinary Joe that we're talking about here. This is a true man of God. 
And his kingdom and his throne still rules and reigns today through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this man was somebody. And he battled with the same thing that we're talking about here today because in 2 Samuel chapter 11, it starts out that he woke up and he went on the rooftop and he looked down and seen this lady Bathsheba taking a shower. In layman's terms, she was she was bathing. So he got caught up and sent for her in a lustful attitude, in a lustful mindset. And he laid with her and she became pregnant. Now, this was a wife of one of his chief soldiers, one of his sergeants, so to speak, in the army. This man's wife he slept with was one that was willing to lay down his life for him. It was so to the point where David knew that he messed up when she said that she was pregnant that he called him in from the battlefield and tried to make him go sleep with his wife so he would know that uh, if she was pregnant, it possibly could have been his. That didn't work. This man was so devoted. Now, I want you to look at David's thinking here as as I'm talking. I want you to kind of visualize the, the perverse thinking here. That this thing caused He did everything in his power To try to trick this man to think that his wife Pregnancy was due Because to, to, to the man's name Is Uriah um, He tried everything to make Uriah Feel like this was his Pregnancy but when Uriah Did not acknowledge What David wanted Uriah rather he was so devoted To the Israel He was so devoted to David he wouldn't even go be with his wife in that time. But now I want to read down to, uh, I'm going to go down. This is the start of uh, chapter 12. I'm sorry. Chapter 13. I mean, verse 13 in chapter 11. It says, now when David called him and ate, he ate and drank before him and made him drunk. And that evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants. Of his Lord, but he did not go down to the house. In the morning, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Now, hold that thought right there. David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Now, listen to this. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah at the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. Now, coaches, thing called lust had his mind all just backwards, and and it was just a, just just horrible. Now, Coach Tut, what can we minister to the guys today based on what we read about David? How to get out of that thing that we don't end up doing things like this? Because you know, it, it wants to make you feel like you need to hide something or you need to justify something. How can we get that out? How can the men just deal with that to get it out? You have the floor, sir. I think that I think that a lot of what we have to do is put trust in other men and be vulnerable, not just transparent, but be vulnerable to allow them to speak into our lives. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, to to really keep us on track and check in periodically to see how we're doing with this. Um, you know, I think culturally we, we live in a, we live in a world where 
you know, people want to – they try and downplay virginity as if it's a bad thing um, right. when, in fact, it should be celebrated. You know, the fact that the fact that somebody's willing to wait in accordance with God's word until they're married to share that special gift with somebody, it's almost unheard of nowadays, but it's so needed mm. in order to get back morally and culturally to where we used to be. It used to be unheard of for a woman to not be a virgin when she was married. You know, mm. uh, it, it's we have to start. We have to start educating our children. We have to start, you know, really acknowledging the the gift of, sex, of sexuality for what it is, and really walking in the path that God has laid out for its purpose. You know, it's right. intended for husband and wife to share. It's not intended for you to date somebody and kind of see how they are, you know, or anything along those lines. Right. It's it's an inappropriate use. And unfortunately, our society promotes that type of behavior, which you can see by how how fluent, you know, or how easily accessible porn is. You know, I, I was mm. looking when when Coach Chris was talking earlier. I had to look it up. Did you know that porn is a twelve billion dollar industry every wow. year? Twelve billion dollars. Wow. You know. It's it's horrible to think that it's come so far, you know that that it's everywhere. But mm. we, it, it makes it that much more critical that we educate, that we really help our help our sons and daughters to walk in what God has for them, you know, to where. To where we teach our boys and we as men stop looking at women as sexual objects, you know, mm-hmm. that we, we look at them for the people that they are instead, but also that we teach our daughters and, you know, for women that they respect themselves enough to know that they don't have to use their sexuality in order to get – in order to feel love, in order to, you know, feel that connection. and. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of that comes from disconnected parents being present in their lives or not being present in their lives where they, you know, that may be the only love that they've received as a, as a younger person. So mm. it's a skewed image of what it is to feel love that they feel they, you know, this is how it's always been for them. They don't know any different. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to bring it to the light because the sin cannot it cannot live. The enemy can't stand where the light is. You know, we, we have to be open. We have to be transparent. And we have to be held accountable to make sure that we're addressing this properly. Otherwise, it's going to continue and it's going to get worse. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Coach Newton, man, look. Let's 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 unwrap this thing before we land this plane with the guys here. We see David now. Let mind you, and uh, you you don't know the situation. David is a married man. He's a married man, and he let the best of him corrupted thinking to lay with another woman. 
guys out there that may be contemplating, just thinking, and you made it. You made a good point earlier that you know my wife doesn't love me no more. She's not doing that. How do you get them to stay the course that they don't fall with this distraction of lust, that they may do something that will compromise their morals and integrity? You have the floor, sir. Mm. Well, this problem, and unfortunately, we're behind the eight ball, sorry to say, because this has been running rampant for a long time, this whole thing about addressing pornography, addressing the whole thing. Now, it is difficult for a man of God or just someone that's that does not know God if they don't have the proper tools. And it's just like when you're an addict of a substance. It's this thing called rehab. And there's this thing called detox. Now, detoxing in the first 48 hours is probably the worst part of it because your body goes through withdrawal. It's the same thing with what we're talking about because it's if it's been embedded in you since you've been young, all the way up to your adulthood, and then the church says, you're not supposed to do that. It's a sin. You're going to hell. So you're like, wait a minute. Uh, you guys aren't even showing me how not to do it, first of all. You're just telling me it's wrong. I don't really got a father figure or a mentor to really guide me out of it, so I'm going to be like David. When I see another woman, I'm going to take it. Let's just keep it real because there's no discipline. And a lot of us grew up with that mentality. And this ain't a culture thing. This is a man thing. We grew up like that. We see somebody. We want them. We want to try to do what we can to take them. That's just how it is. But when we learn how to be respectful and understand the principles that has been put in place and we have a real man that comes in our life that can guide us to what being a man of God or just being a man, period, is all about, then it changes the way we see. It's all in our mind. We don't act if it's not infused in our mind. And a lot of us, is, we act on what was infused. And that's what we go by. So then when we go to church, we say, we get saved and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, it seems like it's ten times worse. Let's keep it real. And then we don't have any support system to help us. And then we're going to church. We're seeing the ladies. They all got skin-tight dresses on with the, with the skirts above the knees. They're not even covered up. All this stuff. And you're a struggling man trying to make sure I'm not trying to slay everything I see, I'm just going to keep it real. Because we, we, we get too churchy with this stuff. I need somebody that's going to keep it real with me. For real. Amen. Talk to me. Amen. Stop preaching to me. 
talk to me, then after you talk to me, give me principles that I can utilize to walk this thing out and assure me that you got my back when I'm sweating at the middle of the night. See, we don't do that, gentlemen. That's why we have issues. That's why we're behind the eight ball with this issue. That's why it's a billion-dollar industry because it got worse and worse and worse. And guess what we did as a community of believers? We hid under the rug. I'm sorry to say it, but this is why it's rampant in church. That's why the, that, that's why the church is leading divorce right now. This is why we got all this craziness and chaos going on in the church. Why? Because we dropped the ball. We're trying to make money instead of make souls. We're, we're trying to have religion instead of relationship. And that's why the system of what we know as the building of church has, has fell and got corrupted. Mm-hmm. Am I saying all? No. Some of them have gotten corrupted. But we've got so caught up in the building that we forgot about the relational aspects of growth in Christ. And that's why we struggle with this very subject right here. So we don't got a lot of time left, and I can get more deeper than that, but I want to let Coach Mike take the helm because I'm about to go loose. So, Coach D, back to you. Amen, amen, amen. Coach Tony, all right, you didn't really learn this thing, but I – I heard somebody say, I understand what you guys are talking about. I can truly identify with what's going on. But how do I stop this lust from deteriorating my moral compass so I don't be like David, so I don't be that victim and that, and, and that the enemy has gotten? What would you say to that man right there to what he can do to make sure his moral compass stays pointed towards Jesus? You have the floor. I'll use a real quick, thank you, I'll use a real quick, um, another brother pulled out of the text, and his name was Samson. Um, You know, Samson was really, was known for his strength and his prowess, his ability to take down the enemy. He was a judge, and God called Mm -hmm. him to be such, set him apart. Uh, And many times if you would ask people, where does Samson's strength lie, um, even uh, Delilah asked him, where's your strength? Where's your strength? And he told her if she cut his hair off, uh, then he would be as any other man. Now, let's yeah. just be real. She asked him, I think, four times. Now, mm-hmm. I want you to – I'm just – I'm taking this all the way in, y'all. So y'all put on your seatbelts. She on. asked him four times. And he was tied up one time, a couple of times. Uh, I don't know what you think he was doing tied up, but, uh, you know, she won't say. So for them to continue on in a relationship, something was going on that should not have been going on. Uh, I'm going to leave that alone. But here's what we find out, that when his hair was cut, his strength was gone. And many people say, well, what are you saying? I'm saying specifically most of the time people say it's because his, because the strength was in his head. No, his strength was actually in his covenant. Yes. Yeah. The covenant is what made the difference. The mm. covenant gave him his strength. 
It is when his covenant, listen to what I'm saying, his hair started growing back, which means his covenant started to be restored, Mm. and he became stronger. The problem with David is that he forgot his covenant. If you really want to be stronger in Christ, you have to look at your covenant with God. If your covenant with your mate is failing, understand that covenant has been made with an imperfect person. But your covenant with God is made with a person that is perfect. And yeah. he will not fail you. So when the, when the imperfect is failing, turn to the covenant that will not fail. Mm. Hello. And I'm, I'm sorry, I sound too preachy there. When other folk <laughs> around you acting stupid, I'm just going to call it for what it is. When other folk around you are acting stupid as if they've lost their mind and they take you for granted, then you need to turn to the one who will never lose his mind, who will never take you for granted, who will shower you with grace and mercy and give you strength to bear the burden of the person that is weaker. Turn your eyes, fix your eyes toward the covenant that you have with God when everything else fails. And that, 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 my friends, I tell you, if you look, I think I can pull some scriptures out, but even when, when David was turning the, beginning to turn the kingdom over to Solomon, he told him mm-hmm. to look to the covenant. Don't, you need to serve God with all your heart. And for that reason, uh, things fall apart. So I'm telling you, uh, you know, we, we, get, we get hooked up in the fantasy when we look at women. And I, I was mm. I, I want to go that, but you get hooked up in the fantasy. And you know you can't do all that. You know you can't. <laughs> it sounds good, but you know you can't. You see all that, you know, that stuff. You, that, that ain't even supposed to. Why are you wearing that? She wearing it because she can. She wearing it because she don't have a real name. Because a real man wouldn't have let her walk out the door like that. So you got to think about what you're looking at. When you're looking at it, you should already listen. It sounds crazy, y'all, but when you look at these people, you need to consider that there is a soul in that body that you are lusting on. that will never wow. hear the voice of a man with a covenant if all you're looking at is the outside appearance. Mm. And listen, so you say, brother, you sound pretty strong. Listen, it's only tight because I've been there. Yeah. I, I, say, I say this as a victor, not as a victim. Because a victim would tell you, man, she looks hot. Man, I don't know how you can, man, listen. I hear what you're saying, but that ain't what I'm thinking. I'm telling you right now, that's a victim's mindset. And you are power, more powerful than that. I'm speaking to my brothers right now. You are more powerful than that. You have at least three or four brothers on here right now that can tell you that there is more power in your covenant with God than you give it today. If you really want to do it, and I'll share this with you. One of the things that helped me overcome it was I made a promise. I made, I literally made a covenant with God. I made a promise. And that promise helped me come out of it. So I don't know about you, but depending on your own integrity, if you're willing to make a promise to cut a covenant with God, he will change your life. He will refocus you. And put you in places that you belong Listen to me He will put you in places that you belong Instead of being distracted And being weighed down By those things That will never allow you to to, 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 to Rise to the status that you belong And become all that you should be 
Because you know what? It's very difficult to be all that you should be when you're fighting things on one level over and over again. Don't right. feel in the same test. Right? You are, you're better than that. And I speak to your heart, man. I speak to that today because you are better than that. And you you can do greater things than that. Just put your put your trust in God. And it sounds cliche, but listen. I, I don't know what the lust or the longing may be. But if you fast, if you pray, if you seek his face, I guarantee you he'll help, help you break it. I guarantee you he'll help you become a victor. He'll help you be a champion in that area. And you'll leave Amen. another man to victory. Stop right there. But remember that covenant because I know we're running out of time. My apologies. But I, I appreciate you, uh, Coach Tut, for bringing that forward. I appreciate I appreciate all that you said because it's needless. It's needful to be honest and true with our brothers today. Um, you know, time out. Time out for all that foolishness. Look, if it's hard, it's hard. Say it's hard. But say that doesn't mean you can't do it. That's right. It's only impossible because somebody else has done it. So I'm just going to say that and I'll give that back over to you. Keep your covenant, brothers. Keep your covenant. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this, but we're getting ready to land this plane. Now, here's the play. Eliminating distractions. You have to find time daily to read your word and pray. You have to find time daily. I'm going to say it again. You have to find time daily to read the word and pray. Allow yourself, this is two, allow yourself to be saturated in the presence of God. Spend that alone time with him. Make a date with God. Make a purposeful time that you spend with him. And number three, learn to win the day. That's what we want you to do. Just win the day. We get so caught up in something. I'm trying to win next week and next month and next year. But I want you to focus in on the day. Win the day. And then as your days accumulate with victories, you'll find yourself victorious at the end. You're in a war. You're in a war for your soul. Distractions will come to try to take you away from what you need to be doing to win this war. No matter what, you will win because that's the way of the warrior. I hope you enjoyed this time. I hope you were Blessed by this time, all the coaches just, man, you guys are awesome. It was, it was just amazing that to hear you minister. It was amazing to hear God use you today. And tune in next time till we meet again. Go on the website, go on the um, website, Men of Purpose, the locker room, or Men of Purpose locker room. Leave us a message. Leave us a note. We're on every streaming platform, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you decide to listen to. God bless you. We love you. Until we get together again, you are a champion. Amen.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.